0: This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds and Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Find out what Reynolds is up to in the digital retailing space by visiting reyrey.com slash retail anywhere. That's r e slash retailanywhere.
1: Hello and welcome to Daily Drive. It's Monday, March 7th, 2022, I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. Ford is reshaping its business. What does it mean for auto dealers? We'll get into that a little later in the show. First, let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Russia's assault on Ukraine continues, and the war could bring new worries to the global microchip shortage. As our John Irwin reports, both Russia and Ukraine are home to key gases and raw materials needed for production of semiconductors, and the ripple effects of the war could exacerbate the microchip crisis as raw materials become harder to come by. Market research firm Trendforce says Ukraine is the source for 70% of the world's output of neon. Neon is the critical gas that runs the lasers that are needed to manufacture semiconductor chips. Dan Hirsch, a managing director for Alex Partners, says Russia's invasion should not cause an immediate impact on production because major chipmakers have built up several months' worth of neon stock. But the longer the war persists, the more likely it is that companies will run low on neon, hampering chip production. For much more on the story, check out autonews.com. Stateside, Russian self-driving company Yandex has placed its operations in the U.S. on hiatus. On Friday, the company said it had paused testing of its robo-taxi fleet in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and it is no longer making restaurant deliveries with its six-wheeled sidewalk rover bots on college campuses across the country. A spokesperson for the company saying that Yandex hopes to resume operations in the future. Turning to EVs, a couple of items, Volkswagen Group has chosen its headquarters city of Wolfsburg, Germany, as the location for its new electric vehicle factory. The automaker will build the Trinity electric flagship sedan for the VW brand at the plant. VW says it is investing about $2.2 billion in the production of the vehicle. Construction will start next year, with cars rolling off the assembly line in 2026. And last week, we heard about Stellantis and its big EV plans, Ford breaking off its EV unit internally. Not to be left out, Kia is expanding its global electric vehicle ambitions. The Korean automaker says it will deliver 14 EVs globally by 2027. That's three more than it had previously promised. The new plan includes an entry-level vehicle and two pickups, Kia will roll out the EVs at a rate of two vehicles a year, beginning in 2023. The automaker says one of the pickups will be a strategic model for emerging markets, a source telling our Carly Schaffner that Kia is exploring the possibility of a global body-on-frame pickup. In the U.S., Kia's next electric entry will be the EV9. The vehicle will be about the size of the three-row Telluride crossover. We have much more on Kia's plans at autonews.com. And finally, former Nissan executive Greg Kelly left Japan for the U.S. today, the move coming just days after receiving a suspended sentence for helping Carlos Ghosn under report compensation. Kelly is appealing that limited conviction. He was arrested more than three years ago while arriving in Japan for a business trip. And that's the news you need to know. Ford wants to decide the prices that EVs are sold for, so dealers must be up in arms, right? Maybe not. Mike Martinez explains after this.
0: As online experiences have continued to evolve, it's clear dealers need an approach that will keep them in the business for the long term. Chris Walsh, Casey Edwards, and Dave Bates, top Reynolds executives, sat down to discuss today's digital retailing landscape. Here's an excerpt from that roundtable discussion.
2: So what are dealers trying to do to get this fully online and online to in-store experience? I mean, that's a great question. And honestly, it's, a, it's kind of a hard one to answer because retailers are kind of defining and using digital retailing differently. You know, to some dealers, it's selling a car. To others, it's sales and F&I. And they, they tend to be approaching it in chunks versus you know kind of a holistic holistic approach and then you end up just focusing on one or two things when you need to focus on you know more of a big picture.
0: Digital retailing is dealership operations period. Reynolds Retail Anywhere approach focuses on streamlining dealership operations and improving profitability. For more information about this big picture holistic approach visit RayRay.com retail That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash retail anywhere.
1: Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters. Ford CEO Jim Farley and, indirectly, Executive Chair Bill Ford have been under pressure by shareholders to spin off Ford Motor Company's EV business. Instead, Farley separated it but kept it within the motor company. While that bold move caught the imagination of Wall Street, The more profound change on Main Street may be the renegotiation of the sales process with franchise dealers. Farley says Ford is betting on its dealers, but it's doing so in a way that puts more of the process in the hands of the manufacturer. Will dealers buy in? I put that question to our Ford reporter, Mike Martinez. Mike Martinez, welcome back to Daily Drive. Thanks for having me. You reported last week on Ford's plans to split its business. It's automaking business fundamentally between Model E working on electric vehicles and Ford Blue doing those you know powered by internal combustion engines. Uh, but one thing that really stood out to me was this unique uh, proposal to the dealers and how this split would have af- would affect their business. What what's what's that about and how would, how are dealers thinking about that?
2: So Ford really feels that uh, to sell and service EVs, it needs a different uh, retail strategy than it has for its gas-powered vehicles because EV customers expect demand something different. You know, you can think of Tesla, Rivian, Lucid, any of these sort of uh, direct-to-consumer startups that have sort of changed the game. So what they're proposing is a retail model where, EV dealers carry no inventory, uh, have non-negotiable prices. And I think that's pretty obviously tied to all the bad press they've gotten lately over markups around the Lightning, around Bronco, around Mach-E. And also to have fewer facility requirements because you don't necessarily need these expansive showrooms uh, if you're not gonna carry any inventory and if you're gonna do a lot of remote pickup and delivery and things like that. So that's what Ford's planning. I'd say right now the dealer reaction is cautious optimism. I think that's the best way to describe it because a lot of the details aren't really baked in yet. Ford is sort of saying and doing all the right things at this point by telling the dealers that it wants this to be a 50-50 partnership, that they will have equal weight in determining what ultimately happens and that they're going to go on a listening tour. And talk with all the dealers over the next two months before they sort of finalize all these plans.
1: It's a fascinating proposal. And of course, like you said, it's it's not maybe fully baked, but the idea of the factory, not the dealers, setting the actual price is for an incumbent brand, you know, kind of revolutionary. It's the it's one of those red lines right that the dealers traditionally have just uh, not allowed any <laughs> any crossing uh, but it seems like and of course other, and the trade-off then is you get um, you no longer have millions of dollars in facility requirements you know which sounds nice but um, how are how are they thinking through that pricing issue what are you hearing from dealers on that or Are they even commenting on it yet?
2: Again, there's no real detail yet, but I think there's questions, right? Ford's had a couple of conference calls with dealers, a couple conversations with its council, dealer council last week. And I think the dealers sort of want to know, you know, if you're going to set the price, you sort of determine what happens here. What's our margin? You know, is is there a specific margin baked into that? Uh, Are there, what are these costs? Going to be? What are you asking us to invest in if we don't need full showrooms? And will these costs ultimately exclude a certain portion of the retail network? Uh, you know, Ford's saying that every dealer, every one of its 3,100 US dealers, will have the opportunity to opt in. And that's important. And that's appreciated by council and by all, all the rest of the dealers. They want everyone to have the chance. But the question is will the costs associated with this? Automatically exclude a certain portion, and that remains to be seen. Right,
1: right. You know, the other thing that is so fascinating, of course, right now, dealers are making record profits, or at least, you know, the last year or two uh, as vehicles have been in short supply. But over the decades, especially the more recent decades, they don't make a lot of money on new cars, new, even new pickups and SUVs. They don't necessarily make a lot of profit on new vehicle sales. It's on F&I, it's on service. Of course, service is challenged in the EV world, uh, but I wonder if some kind of think, well, things get back to normal, maybe some sort of guaranteed profit per vehicle uh, would be a nice thing to have.
2: I think they would not object to that, but I think the larger point here is that you know Ford still wants them to get their money from service, to get their money from F&I, to still be able to do what they do well today. And that's why it's not doing something even more drastic. Well, obviously it has its franchise agreements it legally has to stick to, but it's letting them know that it really sees value in certain parts of the traditional franchise dealer model, but it thinks it can do some things just a little bit better to better compete with some of these startups.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're a a national brand, a lot of times consumers want the same experience. You know, state by state or city by city, and so that's uh, that's certainly part of the trade-off. I did want to ask you. You know, there'd been a lot of talk uh, about a possible spin-off of Ford's EV business, or really any of the <laughs> any of the big automakers. You know, in- investors are so excited about you know Tesla and the other you know EV specialists that they there's keeps being this push for companies like Ford, especially, you know, especially Ford because the the Mach E is doing well and there's a lot of excitement around the Lightning, you know, that they spin it off and make it a separate company. Is is that still is this a step toward doing that? Or does this more like rule it out?
2: I would never say rule it out, especially when you take a really long lens and look maybe 10, 20, 30 years out. Uh, but for the immediate future. I think you can rule it out because this is Ford saying that it still sees plenty of value in its internal combustion business. And it still sees that as being key to what it does for a long period of time. Um, You know, by 2030, they say they think 50% of their global volume will be EVs, but that means 50% will still be, you know, super duties, uh, gas powered Mustangs, Broncos, et cetera. And people seem to be eating those up right now, like crazy. So uh, Ford decided not to spin it off this time because it sees value and it sees value in having each of these new business units work together. They're going to be separate. you know they will allow their designers and product purchasing teams and engineers to specialize in what they do best and to sort of tweak the needs of you know these specific powertrains and what they entail. But at the same time, some technology is gonna go back and forth. Some marketing uh, will go back and forth, right? And they can sort of leverage each unit to the benefit of the other.
1: So Jim Farley, I mean, not to belabor the obvious, You know, restructuring is largely about the CEO who does it, but he is really um, making his mark, right? Not only reshaping the company and its organization, Putting himself in charge of the EV business, um, I think, is an interesting move. It almost feels like he's saying, "Okay, I'll be Elon Musk, Kumar, Galhotra. You be Mary Barra, and <laughs> run this, or you know, something like that. You know, and um, and and we'll we'll get this all working. You know, it's um, what do you, what does this all tell us about Jim Farley as a CEO?
2: I think it tells us that he can recognize. The competition and recognize what's happening in the industry and take big risks to to change. And that's something that Ford's been looking for out of its CEO for years now. You go back to the days of Mark Fields talking about having one foot in today and one foot in tomorrow, but that didn't really mean much. That was a lot of just empty speak. Uh, Jim Hackett, after him, was brought in to speed up its decision making. And to a certain extent, he did a little bit of what Farley's doing now. He sort of structured his leadership team. To have a president of automotive and then a president of you know new mobility technology and experiences which jim farley was uh-uh. but now these moves go a step further in that they really sort of separate the units separate the people in those units so this is billed as one of the biggest changes they've made in quite some time and it's really all about not only taking on the GMs and Toyotas and VWs of the world, but also the Teslas, the Rivians, and anybody else that's going to be popping up. Mike Martinez,
1: thank you so much. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. You can get all the news on disruptive EV strategies and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Thanks to Nathan Kadick for editing today's show, Thanks to the ANTV team and web editor Victor Galvan for their help. And thanks to you for listening and making this show part of your workday routine. Now, let's all get back to work.